0: I wanted to offer a warning beforehand. The courageous woman at the heart of this episode discusses her personal experiences with childhood sexual abuse. My hope is that it may help you feel less alone and encourage healing in whatever form that takes for you. I honor the privilege of having you trust me with your time and emotional energy here. Although the episode itself is not graphic in nature and is designed to support those who have suffered similar traumas, I wanted to give you, the listener, the respect of choosing whether or not to continue listening. Childhood trauma casts a long shadow, with painful memories that can span years or even lifetimes. Studies show the consequences ripple outward, affecting survivors' relationships, health, education, finances, and overall well-being. Experiences of sexual abuse are exceptionally difficult to talk about, and it's natural to avoid discussing it further. Dr. John Breer of the University of Southern California calls this the paradox of helping. And that paradox is that talking about the abuse can lessen its traumatic impact, yet survivors understandably resist revisiting it. Our guest, Jill E. Schultz, endured unimaginable pain and violation in childhood the ensuing years held secrecy, shame, and acting out behaviors rooted in this early trauma. Only through a long struggle was Jill able to start unpacking her past and begin truly healing. While understandably difficult, Jill shares her story to bring comfort, strength, and liberation to fellow survivors living in isolation. Her best-selling book, liberated releasing the dark cloud of shame chronicles this journey today jill spreads a message of empowerment that no matter how dark the trauma is we each have the capacity to break free of shame reclaim our light and transform pain into purpose and i personally want to thank jill here because and one because I, we actually had a very good time and we laughed a lot which just shows how far she's come. And I also want to thank her for her bravery and sharing this wisdom in an episode titled From Shame Shadow, A Child Abuse Survivor's Path to Freedom with Jill E. Schultz.
1: Watch out. You might get what you're after.
0: cool strange but not. Welcome to the With Jay Burke Show. My name is Jason Burke, and though I'm technically the host of this podcast, it's the guests who truly take top billing. This is a place for curious minds who enjoy civil and sometimes meandering conversation. If you appreciate a few laughs and want to come away with knowledge about subjects that aren't always easy to break down, then you're the person I want listening to this podcast. For 41 years, Jill Schultz lived with profound shame and self loathing stemming from sexual trauma suffered at just four years old, resulting in innocent but misguided childhood experimentation. Through prayer, Jill found her life's purpose to release people from shame and transform understanding of how sexually abused children sometimes act out. By courageously confronting her own trauma around this taboo subject, Jill hopes to empower others suffering in isolation to move beyond shame and into abundant lives overflowing with love and success. Jill also is an author who just released her first book, Liberated, Moving Past the Dark Cloud of Shame. Jill, thank you so much for coming on today.
1: Thank you, Jay. It's nice to be here. Thanks so much. Yeah.
0: So obviously you have a story to tell, and I know you like to throw out a little warning about- You know, obviously the subject can be very triggering. So if you want to throw that out there.
1: Thank you. So, you know, what I what I am doing now is I'm talking about a taboo topic that people are not talking about. And so it's really important to me that your listeners are protected. And if somebody is hearing my story and they know that it's their story, too, because it's way more common than you can even imagine. I need for people to be protected. And so, if you can see my name here is Jill E. Schultz, and my website is com. I have lots of resources on there. So, if anything that I say today is like, oh my God, I don't know how to deal with this, please find help. Just please go to the resources. It's all anonymous and people can support you there. So, thank you for letting me start with that. That's important to me to. Absolutely. Sure.
0: Obviously, I mean, your story is. The thing that hits me about it is the 41 years that you lived with it. And just from a standpoint of trauma, people tend to live with trauma for sometimes forever before they deal with it. So I might be starting a little ahead, but what was the point that you said, I need to make a change or that? you know, I need to start living differently than I have been.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, things kept popping up over the years, Mm -hmm. you know, and I thank you for introducing me and talking about prayer because prayer has been a big part of my life. And if your listeners don't believe, I don't know what your community is, but if your source, God, universe, atheist, whatever you are, please don't turn off because this is my experience, but this is just, it's, it's been my guiding light. And So I think God has just kind of peppered little situations for over the past several years for me to look at it and face it and deal with it. And, you know, when dealing with this kind of thing, you get to be brave and courageous. And I think that my bravery and courage came in in waves. And, you know, instead of like really taking the bull by the horns and the, the first time I went into therapy to deal with it, to really have dealt with it, I took Longer to do that. And so it's my hope that I help people collapse time because honestly, I thought I was the only little girl who ever experimented because of what somebody else taught me to do. And so thinking that, you know, it's like, well, how am I supposed to get help for this? I'm the only child who ever did anything like that. It's way more common, like I said, than you can imagine. Mm. So I just really want people to know that you get to find somebody, you get to be brave and courageous. Life happens outside your comfort zone. And on the other side of healing, do you swear on here?
0: Oh, yeah. yeah,
1: (laughs) Magical. Like the other side of healing is fucking magical. It's beautiful. And so I just want people to really step into whatever is being prompted. Because it's that that little voice that's talking to you all the time. I called it my black cloud. I had this cloud of shame that hung over me for 41 years. I would go to bed with it. I would wake up with it. And now I look for that cloud and it's gone. And it's, it's the most beautiful feeling, but you just have to take that first step and deal with it. And the first thing that that popped up for me was I wasn't connecting with men. A man would walk in the room and I would immediately look down. Like he would look at me and I would immediately, immediately look down. And I thought, how can a man love me if he knew what I had done? Yeah. And now I'm like, how can a man not love me, knowing you know
0: everything you faced, everything yeah.
1: that i am done, and all that stuff? So that was the first thing that I had. I connected with. I've given you a very long answer for one little question of what was the first time? Yeah, yeah, it was because of of men was the first time. Okay. Uh,
0: and I love that you, by the way, the way you describe it as a, a dark cloud, because I think that's what that, that's all those feelings are kind of just something. It feels like something just following you, like that rain cloud that never go, yeah. you know, you see it in the cartoons and it's just like raining. What about Pink Pen. Yes, the exactly. The talking about. Yeah. I couldn't remember its name. Pink but no, that's, that's, I think that's a great description of it because it's something that's I mean, I guess it's it's inside of you, but it's just like radiates or something.
1: Yeah, it's a suppressive feeling of shame. And, you know, whether or not you're dealing with sexual trauma or everybody has a secret, you know, and if you have a secret that's holding you back, shame can't live in the light. So you get to address it. You get to get out there. You get to talk to people and you get to you get to heal from it because. Like, I wake up every morning now and I am like, I'm blissfully happy. It's weird. I got to tell you, it's weird how happy I am every day.
0: Yeah. Well, it's something, you know, I I think that there's probably with shame, there's also fear that's associated with that, right? If you know how to live your life one way, and you always have, it's, it's kind of scary to jump over to that other side of
1: it. Can I share something about that? Because I think this is so important. And I'm still, to this day, it almost makes me emotional every time I talk about this. But I remember the first time, not just every time that I've shared my story in the last, you know, until I've gotten over this hump of, okay, this is what I get to do. Now I share my story and people are probably like, how can she talk about this without being so emotional? Trust me. I used to cry every time I talked about this because there was so much emotion attached to it. But I remember going into therapy for the very first time and thinking, how can I say this out loud? How can I tell this other person that I had done these little things, these things as a, as a child? Because I was acting out between the ages of seven and 12, is when I was experimenting and doing what somebody else had taught me to do with other kids. And, you know, I just have this massive pit in my stomach. And every single time that I've shared my story, the level of, love and compassion and understanding and kindness blows me away so I want people to know if you have a story like mine or if you have anything that you're ashamed of I promise you the fear that you created around what how somebody's going to react to you on the other side of that is a lie because yeah. my shame like my shame is it's crazy like I didn't just cheat on a spouse like I knew how to have sex as a child because yeah. of what's Want me to do that is that's crazy af you know so just know that that there's going to be compassion and kindness on the other side of that
0: now obviously where you learned that you had that experience at four years old i'm assuming an older person who
1: honestly i don't remember who did it okay and i've been in a lot of therapy and it has never surfaced. And I have been told on a number of occasions that it was probably somebody very, very close to me. Somebody that I love very much is why it is blocked as the, yeah. as it's blocked. But yeah, I was around three or four years old the first time that that happened.
0: And then you learned from that experience, you, you took it into childhood and from seven to 12, you had acted out with other people. When you acted out though, did you feel was it later on that you felt shame about that or did you kind of know maybe I shouldn't no, be doing this or
1: it was i think there's always kind of a deep knowing cuz obviously you never wanted to get caught doing it That's so true. there was this 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 underlying knowing but never the shame the shame came and this is in my book the shame came when i was 12 years old and i got caught by an adult having sex with another child in the closet. And that adult said to me, little kids who do that go to hell. And you know, there's a point in your life, everybody has their shit, right? Everybody has that point in their life where something changed inside of them. A friend of mine was telling me a story about his dad and he asked about money and his dad's like, you don't ask about money. And so he's got money issues the rest of his life. You know what I mean? Like there's that one pivotal point in your life where something happens as a child and that changes your life forever. And that was the moment that I was like, oh, this is really bad. This is really bad.
0: Yeah. You know, I've talked about it sometimes with people on this show. It's weird. It's all how you process stuff as a kid and Trauma could be, it, it's, it's such a diverse thing mm-hmm. to look at as a, I think when you're a kid, you process things and we might do it all the time, but as a kid, especially you're protecting emotions and sometimes the littlest things said to you could be taken away that just changes your whole outlook on something. It's like you said, yeah. with money, it's like. It's, it's
1: very like, personal. Yeah. it's it, Individual and it's very personal.
0: Right. And uh, and to your point, probably, too, about people showing you love, you also, because it's personal to you, that you think that everybody must think this way, right? Like, everybody's going to attach this stigma to it or, or not be supportive of you anymore because of that. And I, I think that's probably important to distinguish that your story is different from everybody else's. And maybe that's just this step in, in facing trauma of, the, yeah. of this kind or any kind.
1: And I think sexual trauma in itself is very hard and different. Mm, That's true. people deal with it on different levels, you know. Something that happened to one child may not be as traumatic if it's the exact same thing happening to another child. Yeah. I think the way that you process it, the way you brought up, you know, religious beliefs or whatever it might be, there's all of that plays into how you react for sure.
0: Well, that reaction somebody had to you, Probably didn't, you know, you're going to hell. And I don't know. I always found that to be like, instead of like sitting with somebody and talking to them and discussing why this might be an inappropriate um, behavior or something like that. But that's more has to do. But he
1: was talking about this, you know, 45 years ago. And I do not blame that adult. There was no manual. There was no training for them to know how mm -hmm. to deal lay on the other side of those closet doors you know yeah and they did the best that they could at the time and i totally i i don't have any any feelings around that at all but i agree with you now today as educated people and which is why i'm talking about this stuff we have to normalize this conversation yeah. you know and so for us to be having this conversation right now and maybe Tomorrow, a parent is going to stumble on an unfortunate situation where their child is acting out, too. And now they can say, OK, let's not react because the adult's reaction is just it's going to imp- impact the child just as much as, you know, right. the act itself, you know, how they react. So having these educated conversations about what to do if your child acts out. And there, I actually have a chapter in the book. I have a my, one of my therapists wrote a chapter talking about how to talk to your kids so that they're not targets, what to do if your child has been hurt by somebody. So, you know, people educating themselves around this is really important. And the other thing too is, you know, how many times did you have to do your times tables in order to learn how to do multiplication? We think having a one-time conversation about the birds and the bees is going to do good for your kid. You need to be conversations over and over and over and over and over again you know
0: especially now it's, it's just yeah it's it's it, the way the media landscape is it's just much easier i think for children to to even just stumble upon some of this stuff
1: oh yeah you
0: know it's just it's out there i mean it's as easy as a click of a bud you know, kids are learning something they don't understand
1: i don't have children i i never wanted children i love kids i'm a Ball or ant mm-hmm. but i tell you what i was talking to my friend today or yeah earlier today i'm like i i would not want to be a parent today with all the stuff you know all the stuff
0: yeah uh, well so i have three kids but um, okay
1: sorry no don't
0: <laughs> don't be i get your point of view so yeah. it's kind of cool to come in and be cool and then just like you know
1: yeah. jump There's out a that you have to maneuver right now
0: that's tough i think it's just it's just about being open, you know? And my parents probably were not like, weren't like that. But it's also d- different generations, you know? Like, I don't think the same thing works as far as the, you know, tough love or do as I say and not as I do. There's just, that's not going to cut it anymore. It's, like, it's yeah,
1: you're just smarter than that these days.
0: Yeah, it's, it's yeah, way smarter than that. and
1: Yeah, that's that.
0: Yeah, and uh, to a degree, I, I think, Maybe in my experience, I, I find that parents are more open with their kids.
1: I think they're more educated.
0: But I think, yeah, I was going to say, it's it's, yeah. it's a different level of education that's out there. But I do feel like some of these subjects, especially this one, are, there's still a taboo that surrounds them. There's still something that makes people uncomfortable to talk about that.
1: Yeah. I'm so grateful for the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. You know, those it's people that came before because now... It's easier to have these kinds of conversations, not necessarily my conversation, because this is a whole different level of right. getting to it, you know. But I think now people are, it's easier to talk about whether or not somebody is harassing them mm-hmm. or, you know, anything like that. And so I'm really, really grateful to to the people that stepped in the line of fire, you know, Yeah. Before has opened the space up for sure
0: yeah well that's true i mean that was that's a movement that definitely. i mean there's there's been a whole bunch but you know it's it's just all about opening up dialogue and understanding and trying to put yourself in the other person's shoes but you know getting back to you i was gonna ask so you know obviously we're talking about empowering others whether Survivors of abuse or living with shame or living in isolation. What specific shifts still have to happen culturally? Do you think in order to better support survivors?
1: I just think shoving the conversation, you know, like we're doing now, yeah. getting the out there that this is something that we get to talk about and we don't keep shoving it down and hiding it under the rug, you know? Yeah. Just being open to having the conversation and, and, you asking the questions, you being open to having people on your podcast that have these conversations that they want to have too. It's it's great to have a platform to talk about it. You know, if I didn't have anywhere to go to talk about it, and it's been really amazing. I've done probably the podcast in the last six months, and it's been really incredible. Even like I told you before about how I felt like how can I even go into this therapist's office and talk about it, you know, the level of compassion and kindness that people have in their heart for this topic is really, really beautiful. So just continuing to have these conversations and moving the change forward, I think is super important.
0: Yeah. I mean, I love, obviously I have a podcast, but you know, I love podcasts for that simple reason, right? It's a weird, it's like a little niche area that's not curated by other media yeah. Not that it's not getting, there's not a million people with a podcast now, but. No, but
1: you don't have the censorship. Like you can exactly. really. What you want to do for yeah. sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And there's good there's bad, but the great thing is that, you know, we're two people who could have a conversation about this and it's, it's normalized. I guess it goes to your point. There's no censorship in it. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, if,
1: well, if we're using our powers for good. Yeah. The-
0: yeah. Well, that's it too. Now, do you specifically help people who have been abused, or do you work primarily with people who might just have shame?
1: I love this question because (laughs) this whole thing is so new. Like Mm -hmm. I'm late trying to maneuver all the things. You know, the the book just came out November first. We are a bestseller, so that's exciting. In about six different categories, so that's really awesome. But you know, I'm really just trying to navigate where this goes and. You know, when I first surrendered to this, because I had to surrender to this, this is not, I was praying for my purpose for a long time, but be careful what you pray for, because never ever would I have said, hey, why don't I do this? You know, but when I surrendered to stepping into all of this, I forgot your question. Oh, what am I doing? I, every day I wake up, I love manifesting and I love meditating and I have a morning practice. And every day after I do my little manifestation rituals, I say, okay, God, what do I get to do today to move this forward? And then I listen to what he says. And then I do those things. Like today, I get to sign my book for people who, because there are other people wrote in the book. It's not just me. So my contributors, Mm -hmm. I'm each of them a book. So I'm, I'm hand signing those to mail them out. It could be something as simple as that. It could be. Something like, okay, today you get to reach out to churches because you get to start sharing your story on stage. So I don't know what I'm doing. Is the do to the question, I'm really trying, and I I love that you asked this because you never know when a relationship is going to come up or when somebody's going to hear this and be the perfect fit for what I get to create. But I'm really looking for partnerships mm-hmm. for people that can help because I'm not a therapist. I'm an expert by experience, right. I'm not a therapist, I'm not qualified to help people at this level. So I'm looking for other people to step in and say, I'd love to partner with you on this so that when I'm getting on stage and I'm speaking or they read the book or whatever, there's places for the people to go.
0: That's actually great. Well, so it sounds like though, you're good on the fly, right? You're serious oh, yeah. entrepreneur, so you could yeah. kind of just, you could kind of just go wherever it's That's taking great. you yeah you could shape shift. i like that The a good way yeah. to put it yeah um yeah because you know i was gonna say I, I said it before we were recording but you know obviously i think shame plays a huge role with everybody you know no matter what you have and no matter what is the issue you have and i, I said before that i had a little bit of a perfectionist issue I and mean, then That is very associated with shame and guilt and things like that. Yeah. But it's so hard to come to grips with whatever that is and bringing that to the surface. It's just like, it's in there and it's just like stuffed down. And when it starts to come out, you're like, nope, let's try to pull that in. But it's so toxic at the same time.
1: So I have a couple of different worksheets that people can access on my website. One of them is Uncover Your Shame. And my favorite question on there is, what is one thing only you and God know?
0: Mm, that's a good, that's good.
1: Does that just like, bam, yeah, truth yeah. bomb, right? Like you're not hiding from that. Okay. Right. Yeah. And I would say the other one is seven critical steps to healing. And, you know, first of all, you've got to take responsibility and not take a responsibility for what somebody did to you. Somebody hurt you, you know. But we don't get to live in victim. We get to look at it. We get to own it. And we get to say, you don't own me anymore. You know, I get to move on from this. I get to heal from this. And you're right. People suffer from so many different kinds of shame, whether it's sexual trauma or something else. And, you know, we really get to take a look at what that is because that's holding you back. It's holding you back from, for me, it was success in business. It was, you know, relationships with men. Those are the two areas, you know, abundance, financial abundance. Those were the two areas that it affected me in my life. So, if you have something that you're ashamed of, I promise you, it is holding you back from your greatness. For sure.
0: I was trying to find a quote that I had on this, like, and I had to keep it. But yeah, I, I, you know, I think at the end of the day, shame kind of tells you this is what you're worth. You're gonna get you get what you deserve or whatever. And so, some people go into debt perpetually, or they just don't fulfill whatever they want to do out of fear or shame. But I think at the end of the day, your guilt and your shame punishes you.
1: Absolutely. You know, and aren't plowed.
0: Yeah. And I think that there's a, uh, oh, here it is. I found it. That I, I, wasn't, I wasn't being rude. I was trying to find this while you're talking. I was listening to you. And I'm like, God, she's got to think I'm texting like everybody else. <laughs>
1: I didn't think you were texting. Uh, no, like,
0: I, was, I was looking. What, am I at carrying
1: a... the show now? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's why it's the With Jay Burke show, so I could just oh, zone out and fall asleep or whatever I got to do. So I can
1: talk for both of us. Yeah, so.
0: <laughs> you got that. I, I tested you out, and you're, you're good to go. You, you can you. take over. Thank you.
1: It's now the Jill and Jay yeah. show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, so it's in order to let go of your victim state, you have to come to terms with how you use it as a source of power and significance and i was like i actually saw that i went holy shit like you know what i mean that was like
1: slapped you in the face real good
0: yeah (laughs) don't tell me about my power man
1: now it's so rude but it's true it's like
0: it is a source of of power and it's your you know i don't i hate saying it's your excuse because it Because I feel, I empathize for people who are going through something, but it goes back to probably just saying it's scary to live without because it is power. It is a source of significance in your life.
1: You get to be brave. You get to be courageous. It's true. And stop being in victim because so many people like to stay in their story because they don't have to excel. They don't have, you know, if they're blaming whoever hurt them on, you know, forever and ever and ever, it's. Well, I was hurt and I was little, or I was abused yeah. or I was beat or yeah, a lot of people have got some really shitty stories. But you're better than that, listener. I hope you're listening right now. Yeah. You're better than that. And you get to live a beautiful life. You get to live a magnificent life. And the only thing holding you back right now is you. Yeah. No,
0: I that's it's a fair, fair point. It's hard. I think it's a balancing act, right? Because you don't want to say some what somebody feels is insignificant and just get over it, of course, it. Not right? Ever. Like, but at the of same time, not. there does come a point where you gotta make the choice to just make Take the that leap, first, that, yeah. yeah. So it's so that's why I say it's just a, it's a balancing act. It's you know, yeah, it's like Buddhist in nature, I guess. You know, it's like some kind of balance. I know you're yeah. Christian, but I got represent
1: representative. I'm all the things. I don't. I don't, <laughs> judge. I don't judge. Yeah. Uh, now, you know what I wanted to ask you? So, Tell me.
0: Did you turn to faith? Did you always have some kind of faith? I,
1: I was know. raised Catholic.
0: So I was too.
1: Yeah, I was raised Catholic and when did I decide not to be raised Catholic anymore?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, a similar story.
1: Yeah. For me, it's my relationship with God
0: mm-hmm.
1: more than anything else. And God talks to me a lot. Yeah. God and I fight a lot. Like he, he's he's asking some pretty crazy things of me, and so he gets pushback. He wins all the time, but there's definitely some pushback. So I don't. For me, it's more about my personal relationship with God than going to church or anything like that. I do. I'm obsessed with Joyce Meyer right now. If you know who she is, she's a female evangelist, and she is hysterical. And everything that she's saying right now is just. I don't know if you have ever gone to church. It sounds like you're not really in that spacing, or have ever heard of some. Creature? When I was younger, yeah, yeah, or or even like if you're listening to a podcast or something, and they're like, "Oh my God, they're speaking to me right now!" Like, yeah. Joyce was repeatedly raped by her father from a young age until she was in her teens, and you know, and now she she's on millions and millions uh, in, of people's homes. She speaks on massive stages and a massive anyway anyway i just went off a tangent but like i'll watch her at night before i go to bed because it's inspiring to me it motivates me so she's my latest kick i was doing joel olstein for a while Mm -hmm. sometimes i just lay in bed and meditate so i don't have any my parents would roll over and none of them are dead but they prefer i go to catholic church but i don't so relationship with god has been the core of all of this
0: yeah so i was i was raised I, i went to catholic school um I went to school every, you know, I went to church all the time, every Sunday and stuff like that. It it, just, uh, my brain's too, ask too many questions. It's hard for me. However, I don't deny any kind of existence of something else. That's
1: where you get your joy. Go. I have nothing against. But that's, I
0: think that's what I'm I'm trying to get at for people in the situation. And like, you know, sometimes people hear this and they start getting turned off. Like, well, I don't believe in Jesus and all that stuff, but. It's about like what speaks to you.
1: In the book, I wrote two chapters in the book. The rest of the book is other people and their experiences, whether or not they had a similar childhood that like I did or um, how they got forgiveness for some, how somebody hurt them. I have a woman in there who wrote a chapter because her child was being molested by the father as an infant and her court pa- her court battle to get her child. So there's lots of different stories in there. And there's lots of different modalities. Not everybody has the same faith that I do. Right. Everybody has their own thing. So I want people to get healing however they can get healing and yeah. it doesn't have to be my way.
0: Right. And we and nobody no two people would heal the same anyway. And that's yeah. that's an important distinction too, I think. And that's probably I think that's kind of what you're doing. You're just setting people on this path. And it sounds like you're saying, you know, like here's some steps but Yeah. it's the work that you do with it that gets you there
1: the other thing too is you know now that i'm through it all i told you earlier i'm really into manifesting and stuff and i think manifesting is about being in gratitude a lot about what you have yeah gratitude and now and this may sound weird to so many people but now i really look at my trauma as a gift because now i get to share my story with other people to help them free from that that shame cloud that's been living over them so you know, no matter what is going on in your life, life really, hey, I used to hate this when people would say this to me, but life happens for you, not to you. And so if you can be grateful for whatever is going on in your life, for whatever reason, then I believe good can come out of it. I believe God can make good come out of it. You might believe Buddha can make good come out of it. Whatever you believe, I believe good can come out of it, no matter what. If you can be like, okay, this is happening for a reason.
0: Yeah. The gratitude part is enormous, and there's plenty of people who don't have gratitude when they have everything. And not even not just people who are in, in in a traumatic state or whatever you want to call it. There's people who are miserable who really have everything, but it's because they don't see what they have because they're always well, maybe they looking. Well, that's probably actually the best way to put it, right?
1: I've been very blessed for a long time with my businesses. I I've had a really fun life, and up until about a year and a half ago, I'm like, "Why am I even here?" Like, I really had nothing that made that was filling me up. Even though you know I've got a wine business, that's fun. I do catering, that's fun. Like, I have really great businesses in my life, but there was nothing feeding my soul. Yeah. Now my soul is overflowing. Being <laughs> so <Yeah. I'm> fed, like, <laughs> yeah, you know. So it's about purpose, and if you can find what your purpose is, then that's where you. Yeah, yeah, and I think
0: that's that's big as far as you know. I think you have to be careful with yourself because sometimes we do things for other people, like we want people. In other words, it's funny. I get asked about this podcast all the time. Like, and and first of all, like a lot of people are like, "Why are you doing that?" And it's like why do you care? (laughs) Like, why do you care? What are you going to get at? And it's like, you know, they're looking for some more, something very tangible, like I'm going to make a million dollars. And it's like, well, not really the purpose for me is just to have these great conversations and to help maybe somebody look at something differently. Like I'm not, I don't come on these things trying to change people's minds about anything. I just want them to be able to think or look at it maybe in another way, but
1: that yeah, it's
0: not, it's not my business to, to make you think the way I do. Yeah. You shouldn't, there's, you know, there's only one me. I don't want more than one. It's enough to deal with one. But uh, yeah, you know, it's so interesting though, when you're following like whatever you want to do, people will ask you like, why do you, do that? I'm sure you got a lot of questions on your charity about like, why are you doing that? Or or maybe it's a little different because it's, it's more of a traumatic experience yeah. rather than, it's a little I'm, insensitive to tell I'm you, like fuck. talk to you that yeah, way. this
1: is amazing. It's super.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a little, it's a little insensitive in, in that sense. No, not, all, not at all. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think your purpose is a big one and in yeah. doing it for yourself, you know, I used to, I think I used to live a lot for other people, whether it's your parents or what's well, this person going to is this person going to be proud of me? And I'm not saying that's not a tangible thing. I think it's, you know, it's, it's good to have somebody to look to almost like a, I don't know what you would call them. Like somebody, some kind of figure that you look up to and and how to, how to be and where to be. Role model. What's that? Role model. Yes. That's a, that, it took me a long time to get to what you just got to, but
1: yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well now that's the Jill and Jay show. We support each other. That's well
0: <laughs> I really appreciate the way you've You're welcome. You've you notice I up. put my
1: name first too, by the way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you really you really stepped in good. I I knew yeah, it when knew you were it. an entrepreneur and all those lines you'd be able to just jump in there.
1: Just my shape shifting.
0: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, what is coming next in your advocacy journey?
1: Yeah. That's a great question. <laughs> Like I said, I just keep getting up every day and saying, what do I do today? And I'm working with a coach right now to help me get my, to hone in on my keynotes and get my sizzle reel together. Cause I might, when I first surrendered to all this, my only goal was to get on stages and shout my message from the rooftop. God slowed me down significantly. (laughs) because he wanted a book first and then, but yeah, I just, I, I really want to just inspire people and let them know, you know, life gets to be beautiful on the other side of healing and so getting on stages right now is my is my next How was
0: how was that process writing a book
1: Oh god well I hired a ghostwriter Okay I, I hired a coach I hired a ghostwriter because I knew there's a saying money loves speed and so I wanted That's to true. get I wanted to get the book done as quickly as possible because I knew the impact that it was going to have and During COVID, I was blessed with some money through the COVID process for my other businesses. And that money helped me to move very quickly with the book and hire a coach and hire a ghostwriter. And at the beginning, I was navigating some legal issues because Mm -hmm. I was told that as a child, I could be registered as a pedophile and a sex offender and be charged with a felony. And so I had some things that I really had to work out. And so when all of that was happening, I was trying to figure out how to write, write the book on a very high level without me talking about any of my experiences. And that's when all the people started coming and saying, that's my story. That's my story. And so the book evolved that way. It was really, really beautiful. And I know that some of you, like you said, are, maybe don't believe in God or whatever, whatever level that is. For me, I just said, surrender has been my word for the year. And every time I've had any sort of obstacle, because that was a big obstacle. I'm like, I am not going to jail to get this book out there. I'm sorry. Yeah. And so I said, if you want this book, you figure it out. And it's just been miracle after miracle after miracle of God paving the way for all of this to really be where it's at right now. Because there was, you know, I had to talk to my family, you know, tell me that's not a hard conversation to have. Yeah. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to talk about blah, blah, blah now, yeah. you know, and my my family's been wonderful. I have the most amazing parents. But so that's how the book happened was all these other people started saying, that's my story. And so it came together fairly quickly because of all that. But I also believe in paying for coaching. I believe in spending money with people who know how to do what I don't do better mm-hmm. So that, that's been a philosophy, a philosophy of mine for a long time is to spend money where people can help me collapse time and move quickly.
0: It, make, it actually makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as opposed to. Sorry, like, you're
1: an entrepreneur too. So, yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: you know, trial and error is fine, but.
1: Yeah. yeah pay somebody who's going to help you through a quick feed.
0: Yeah. It's nice also to just be able to, you know, learn the ropes right away. like. I agree
1: with you. Somebody who's been through the steps already. Yeah. Well, I don't need to learn a new skill. Like recently I was talking to a friend of mine and she was trying to do marketing for something. And she was going to pay this coaching program to take her through all the steps to do this. I'm like, hey, you're a PR person. Do you need to learn an extra skill right now? I, I, will,
0: I will tell you there are so many things out there that that's what they do. They're like, let's take your money and then you could still do it.
1: We'll teach you how to do it, which and is I'm fine. Like, I think that applies for some things, but I'm like, well, I'm, if you want
0: to be hands on, I guess that's fine. Yeah. But sometimes I'm like, well, why am I going to pay for that? Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, unless I, it's something like I said, I'm interested and I want to learn how that
1: yeah, how sure. it
0: works and and do it myself. But yeah, I, I see that I see that a lot out there.
1: I don't know. Yeah.
0: Well, listen, this is actually a great conversation, and I'm really glad you you came on the show and that we were introduced and that we were able to do this. Yeah. Is there any place, a website, or any other areas where people can find you?
1: Yeah, e. com is my website. And my assistant, her name's Mai, and she's amazing. She's created this beautiful website for me. And I. so I'm... Super into music. Like I'm obsessed. I feel I feel music very deeply in my soul. <laughs> <laughs> and so I told her I, I said I want to start putting out a Jill song of the week. And so like I have a playlist on there. I have resources. <laughs> you need help. Like it's there's a lot on there. And I'm on social media. All of my links are on the website. I think I'm Jill E. Schultz. Jill. I mean, Jill I'll definitely
0: e. Schultz, put it in the show notes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. But the book it came out November first. here's the book liberated releasing the Dark Cloud of Shame and I'm very proud of this. so if you want to pick up a book, pick it up for a million people. I'm trying to create a movement around being able to have this conversation so that it's not taboo anymore and mm-hmm. people heal from it
0: well it's definitely a worthwhile conversation so and I appreciate you for coming on and telling your story and chatting with me for a little bit
1: thank you I'm like I told you I'm done. Forty-five, fifty podcast you're up there in the top 10 thank
0: you well you did a great job taking over so
1: well it's
0: funny. have a good one take Not care thank you <laughs> thanks, Tank. thanks to everyone who took some time out of their day today to listen the With Jay Burke Show is available wherever you find your favorite podcast, or go directly to jayburkshow.podbean.com and subscribe to get the latest episodes. I know it may not always be a straight line, but I hope we'll see you again to take the journey and escape a while for thoughtful excursions into the world of ideas across politics, technology, pop culture, and all realms of civic life. See you soon.